Hi, you're listening to Notes from a Drama Watcher, a podcast about East Asian dramas. It's part recap, part review, and there will definitely be spoilers ahead. Let's go. Hi, welcome to episode 13 of Notes from a Drama Watcher. This is your host, M. In this episode, we will be talking about Imperial Coroner, episodes 16 through 18, Guardian, episodes 16 through 18, Well-Intended Love, season one, Strongberry, the YouTube channel, two shorts that they put out recently, and then finally, Be Loved in-house, episode four. So we're going to start off with Imperial Coroner. In Imperial Coroner, at the end of episode 15, Choo Choo was kidnapped, and we see the continuation of it here. She's been kidnapped kidnapped and her the team has scrambled to find her prince jinyu jinyi lang yuan um have scrambled to try to find her and as she waits for rescue she learns a little more about the circumstances surrounding her mother's murder the kidnapper attempts to convince her that prince jinyu will consider her a rebel since she's from a family of rebels she learns her father was a rebel as well again this kind of theme of if someone else in your family did something i guess you're guilty for it as well so he tries to convince her of that she will be guilty by association so to speak although really she never even knew them since she was as i talked about in the previous podcast she was raised from birth by the chu family so in any case it really doesn't work chu chu has faith in prince jinyu that he wouldn't you know fall for that he wouldn't just condemn her because of that and so she doesn't fall for that trick that the kidnapper is trying to do the kidnapper it's it turns out it's shui ringui i'm totally mispronouncing his name he's been kind of here all along he was the manager of the restaurant that they were looking for him previously when they discovered all those scrolls of that someone had been keeping track of the royal family so that is him he's a kind of master of disguise he's disguised himself again kidnaps her and the reason he kidnaps her and the reason he's telling her all of this is it turns out he is actually her uncle he is her mother's brother and he's trying to convince her again that prince jinyu will not stick up for her will arrest her and so he's trying to convince her to escape with him so while they're looking for her and then eventually being able to find her. You know, Prince Jin is going through all these feelings and Jin Yi is the one who's like kind of pointing out to him that he's, you know, starting to have these feelings for Chu Chu. He doesn't look, Prince Jin Yu doesn't look surprised at what Jin Yi is pointing out to him. I think he knows, you know, that his feelings are changing, but he's not gonna acknowledge it to her. Once again, in this episode, we've got Chu Hei, Chu Chu's older brother, just showing very poor judgment. I I really don't like this character. I mean, he's a little bit, he's a little bit silly. I guess because she is so intelligent, it's weird to have this guy who just, he just doesn't think. And I guess it's like he's so in love with her or whatever that he thinks he's protecting her, but he's not really protecting her because they find Chu Chu, they rescue her, they have her kidnapper tied up because they're trying to find information out about him. Prince Jinyu, the general, and Chu Chu go off to work on a case, and that leaves the kidnapper, her uncle, um, Shu, Shu Ryui, again, totally mispronouncing the name, that leaves him there tied up being guarded. And Chu Hei takes the opportunity to go into him to try to find out more, to try to find out exactly who he is. He overhears what he thinks is them saying, Prince Jinyu saying, actually, it wasn't Prince Jinyu, it was when Jinyu was talking to Long Yuan, he overhears them. And so he thinks he hears that that this man is Chu Chu's uncle. And so he goes to find out this information. Of course, this man is a master of disguise. He's a master of trickery. And he admits to being the uncle, but he also basically convinces Chu Hei to, to help him to escape. 
which Shuhei does. In the course of all this going on, some other people come in, <laughs> a whole battle ensues, and Uncle still does escape, but he's gravely injured because he's he's a double crosser basically, and now he's been double crossed. Chuhei also escapes because again all this fighting is going on with well Chuhei doesn't really know what's going on he just knows a bunch of people are fighting he also escapes he winds up falling into a river and they realize he's they hear a scream the general hears a scream they know he's fallen and they can't find him so they're all looking for him it's Chuchu who stays his I don't think it's really his body but his um his outer garment floating on the water realizes he's in there and jumps in and then Prince Jinyu jumps in Prince Jinyu the general and some other uh, members of the troops also join in in jumping in the water to try to save Chuhei which she is able she's able to do with the help of Prince Jinyu because Chuhei's foot has gotten caught in some reeds that are in the water they rescue Chuhei but now Prince Jinyu is kind of drowning because remember he's not physically that strong and he's also not a, a strong swimmer we heard a story in a previous episode about Another time he had almost drowned when he was little, when he tried to save his brother, the general. So he's not a strong swimmer. She goes after him and saves him. And when they get out, you know, he goes and hugs her. He can't control his emotions. And, you know, everyone sees this, which of course at this time is like shocking. <laughs> Later on, Chuhei has been saved. He is recovering. Prince Jinyu, I guess, in a way of thinking that he's protecting Chu Chu, says that she should stop working for him as coroner which you know the episode episode 18 kind of ends there with her just being shocked that he said that another good few episodes i only watched a few episodes this time um not my normal five but pretty good episodes i as i said i find choo choo's older brother a bit annoying that character he's he's just not good at making decisions and he's he's trying to play i don't know how else to say this except like he's trying to play with the big dogs you know he's trying to involve himself with everything that's going on with prince jinyu and with choo choo but he doesn't really understand what's going on he is a coroner from a small town he's not used to dealing with palace politics or anything like that not that choo choo is either but she's had a slight bit more experience and she's just quite frankly smarter than he is and she's learned enough I guess to know to kind of step back and evaluate the situation instead of just jumping in feet first which is what he tends to do and then it winds up backfiring on him so I don't know what's going to happen with this character hopefully he's going to survive I think he's okay he's just ill from being in the water but I think he will be okay and the next thing I'm going to talk about is this is something that I just I think I had read about it somewhere maybe and so I decided to check out well-intended love I had to go doing a little search for it because I looked for it on Vicky it wasn't what had been described and I was confused and then that's when I learned that, that what's on Vicky is actually well-intended love season two which is same actors same characters but like an alternate universe kind of thing so I didn't watch that I went over to Netflix and found well-intended love season one all I can say about this is wow <laughs> I did not know what to expect when I watched it I really didn't I didn't even read what it was about just saw that like a couple of people had been talking about it in other podcasts didn't actually listen to what they were saying uh so I really had no clue what it was about and so this is gonna be like full of well I always say I do have spoilers in my reviews. I watched it for the very first episode. Our main character thinks she has leukemia and, you know, she's only 21 years old and is just 
in total shock, which obviously anyone would be no matter what age you are, and finds out from the doctor that there is a donor match, but it's someone who has not agreed to be a donor. The person, the doctor leaves the room just after he's told her this, he leaves the office. And so the folder is sitting there on the table with the name of her donor, of the possible donor, bone marrow donor match, which I don't blame her at all. I think probably anyone would be curious and looking to see who this person is, because apparently this is the only person who can save you. The other alternative is to go through chemotherapy and other treatments that she as a an actress or an aspiring A-list actress is worried about what it will do to her body. And the doctor's already told her if she gets the bone marrow, it's, you know, almost people recover very well from bone marrow transplant. So she finds out the name of the person who is her match. She goes looking for him to beg him to donate bone marrow to her. He agrees with the stipulation. Well, he agrees after kind of giving her the runaround, but with the stipulation that she will marry him because he wants to show his grandmother or so he says that he wants to show his grandmother that he has gotten married and he has settled down she agrees to this obviously to save her life that's what i thought i was gonna see you know arranged marriage they eventually fall in love with each other whatever instead what i got was five years worth of soap opera storyline squished into 20 episodes I don't watch soap operas as a rule. It's funny, I watch all these dramas now, but I did not grow up watching soap operas. I don't watch American soap operas now precisely because I don't want to spend years watching something. On the other hand, I see where you do need time to develop the storyline because squishing, as I said, five years of soap opera storyline into a 20 episode show just makes it like very insane. It was, this was not a marathon. It was a sprint, this show. They had amnesia, illnesses, the evil mother, you know, birth. It wasn't really a birth secret, but the evil person in the background trying to destroy this one's business. They had people being drugged. There were car accidents. It was just like, it was just... I can't call it a mess. It's not necessarily a mess because there was a flow to the storyline. I was never confused. Things were in sequence, in order, etc. But it was just, it was like every episode had a different trope, a different soap opera trope that they were, that they were doing. I actually found myself laughing a few times, not because there was something actually funny going on on the screen, but just laughing in disbelief at the next trope that they were sticking into an episode i don't know if if anyone listening to this follows me on twitter you know that i i posted about episode 10 which is where something pivotal happens i posted basically i said what my expression looks like watching episode 10 and it was pikachu face and i don't think that pikachu face went away for like the next 10 episodes that was my face for the rest of the show Up to episode 10, it had been somewhat normal, but episode 10, it just took a complete turn. I can't say that I didn't enjoy it. I have to admit I enjoyed the show, mostly because I wanted to see what outrageous thing they came up with next. (laughs) Um, The actors, I guess, had, you know, they had good chemistry with each other. They were nice looking couple. The secondary characters, the second couple also had good chemistry. Grandma was really cute. She was only in a few episodes though. All in all, a fun show for me to watch. I don't know that it intended to be fun, (laughs) but it was fun for me to watch just because I really just couldn't believe what I was seeing. 
And I've been watching so much historical drama lately that I think it was nice to see a contemporary drama, especially because unlike the other things I've been seeing, there was no mystery to solve. There were no deep conspiracy. Well, there were some conspiracies going on. There was one big kind of conspiracy, I guess, going on. But after after episode 10 was done, there were no more big conspiracies. It was just um, it was just what you know, trope are we going to stick in next? And I think, I didn't look up the actors, but that person who plays not non, her friend in the show, who, who is our bad guy, so to speak, I'm pretty sure he looks very much like Dollar Store Baddie and Guardian. I don't know if it's him because I didn't look up the actor's name, like I said, but he looks kind of like him without the cheap purple wig. I don't think I'll be seeing season two. Um, just cause I, like I said, I, lately I haven't w- been watching that many contemporary dramas, but this is just, if you just want to sit there and just be shocked by what you see, um, I would say to check this, this show out. Next up, I'm going to talk about two shorts from the Strongberry YouTube channel. So Strongberry YouTube channel, the Strongberry is the company that put out Long Time No See which was a BL drama, that a Korean BL drama that came out a few years ago. I think it was 2018 or thereabouts. Um, that one was about an assassin. I think he was an assassin. I was going to say Sug, but I think he actually was an assassin, one of the, the main characters. The other guy was also a killer. They wind up meeting somewhere, developing feelings for each other and then finding out basically they're on opposite sides. So I only was able to see that very recently and it was really good. But I didn't realize that Strongberry also has been putting out other content as well. And two things they put out, one of them is called Hold Me and the other is called Graduation Present Plus Propose. These are both shorts. They're, they're just a little over seven minutes long for each one. Graduation Present Plus Propose uh, came out in May, I think, sometime in May. That's actually a GL girls love dr- short drama. And then Hold Me came out June 1st. That is a BL short drama. They're probably taking place in the same universe because they are about people who are graduating from high school. Graduation Present Plus Propose is the story of Min, who's actually an 11th grader, if their grades, I'm not sure if Korea's grades correspond to ours. And then Ji Young, who's a graduating senior. And these are just really simple storylines. They meet up in a playground, it looks like, and Min has uh, some flowers and beer and whatever to celebrate Ji Young's graduation. And they have a conversation where she's basically saying, you know, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss having you in school since Ji Young is a grade ahead of her. She's going off to university and Min stays behind. And Hold Me, the BL drama, is is the same kind of storyline. They're both in the same, in that one, the two guys, the two male leads are actually in the same grade. They're graduating together. One of them is going to university and I guess the other one didn't get in, so he's going to be taking the university exam again. And they're both, they're both similar storylines. One person confesses to the other, the other like them all along anyway. And basically there's a promise to wait for each other, to wait for the other one to be able to meet up with them. They're both really sweet storylines, I guess, you know, kind of first love thing with these wide eyed um, graduates who are going on to this next phase in their life. 
but I guess wanting to, before they, before they go on to the next phase, let the other person know how they feel. Like I said, they're both only about seven minutes long. So there's no storyline here except for confession and acceptance from the other party. But with that hopeful note of knowing that the other person has is sharing your feelings. So I think they're both really sweet. They're both worth, worth checking out, especially it's Pride Month, everyone. So they're probably a good time to check it out. Um, along with your other BL dramas or GL dramas you might be watching. And I think in my opening, I said I was going to be talking about 16 through 18 of Guardian, but I'm, I'm not. I'm doing 16 and 17. I only caught two episodes. So episode 16, remember at the, at the end of episode 15, Chief Zhao, Shen Wei, and the regent go down to the underground, to Dishing. To, they're trying to find out what has happened to to the directory. Remember, the directory has the names and abilities of all the residents of Dishing. So it's very important they get this because you don't want this information falling into the wrong hands. Unfortunately, when they go to the palace, monarch, whatever, uh, Chief Zhao is not allowed in. They are told that outsiders are not able to come in. They're told this by the new secretary, who this is the first time that Black Cloak Envoy is meeting this new secretary. Chief Zhao says he doesn't want to cause problems, so he says that he is going to go with Regent to look for the directories elsewhere. Unfortunately, he gets into trouble. Regent scampers off somewhere at a certain point, who knows where. And Chief Zhao has to try to save himself in this place that he's unfamiliar with from, you know, someone trying to do him harm. And he invokes the name of Black Cloak Envoy thinking that will help him, but actually it doesn't help him. It backfires because there are people working against Black Cloak Envoy in Dishing. Thank goodness he does get some help. And this is kind of a callback to a previous episode uh, butler that he helped in the previous episode. I don't remember which episode number it was, but it was the butler's butler whose son had the affinity or the ability with water. He has been working for Black Cloak Envoy uh, down in Zishing. So he is able to help Chief Zhao. Meanwhile, Black Cloak Envoy learns that some changes have been made as, as he's in the monarch and realizes well, I think he's already realized this before, but it's just kind of being confirmed that there is someone working against him down in Zishing who is keeping secrets from him. In the meantime, up on the surface, an inspector has come to visit the special investigation unit. And this inspector turns out to be Chief Zhao's father, who isn't it doesn't seem as if he's 100% impressed with what he's seeing, how the operation is being run, how his son, Chief Zhao, is running things. In the next episode, Black Cloak Envoy is now looking for Chief Zhao. We also see a bit more of Dollar Sora Batty here. We get a little bit of his, his history. He is someone who had been a guard before, who wanted to, or admired Black Cloak Envoy until his mind was turned by this um, giant pillar, this black pillar, I guess that can 
kind of speak into your minds and infect your thoughts, basically. And it tried to work on Chief Zhao, actually, in the previous episode, but it, it didn't work out. He's, I think he's just too uh, ornery. <laughs> but we got to see a little bit of Dollar Store baddie and why he is the way that he is. We also see Chief Zhao's father working with the Special Investigation Unit on a case um, above ground, kind of a continuation of the previous episode. And we get to see that he's really a lot more ruthless than Chief Zhao is. And, you know, he does something that kind of shocks everyone in the Special Investigation Division. And because it's something that Chief Zhao wouldn't do, or they don't think he would do. Which, you know, they're two different people. They operate differently. We have seen in a previous episode, just by some of Chief Xiao's reactions, that he's got a little bit of tension with his dad. So they, they've got their differences. As is the case with previous episodes, they kind of start off the next case at the end of this one. So our, I don't remember his name, the character who was a paparazzi from a previous episode... Um, the SID has recruited him basically to, since he's such a good person at keeping an eye out for unusual things, they basically asked him to keep an eye out for unusual things. So he brings a picture to Chief Zhao that he has of a, an underground fighting ring, I guess. And Chief Zhao takes a look at it and realizes that somehow dark energy is involved in this. And so he sends old Chu and Gao, little, little Gao, to investigate what's going on with that. And there the episode ends. And the final show I'm going to talk about today is Beloved In-House I Do Episode 4. Not a lot happens in this episode. Shile and Yuzhen get to know each other a little more. And Shile had gotten some advice in a previous episode from Gang, who's the owner of the cafe, about learning to get along with Yuzhen. And he decides the way to do this is to provide dinner for him. Unfortunately, this backfires when Eugene has an allergic reaction to the food and we learn that he has a nickel allergy, which I had been looking, I think it was on Twitter before, and some people were kind of suspecting that because remember in a previous episode, he um, directs them to stop using nickel in, in the crafts, in the metalwork. So he winds up having to go to the hospital to get looked at and Sheila is you know, surprised by this and kind of cracks a joke about um, the nickel being his kryptonite. And unbeknownst to him, that's kind of an open wound for Eugene, um, some teasing that he experienced in college relating to that same kind of joke. I was interested to see this. I actually did not even know that nickel al- a nickel allergy was a thing. I mean, it makes sense. Anyone can be allergic to anything. I'm not sure why he just... I think he had some soup, which is is when he had his reaction. I'm not sure why he just ate the soup without asking what was in it, (laughs) if he has this kind of allergy. But I think he was just trying to kind of respond positively to Shiley. Even though he was giving him like weird weird looks, like he really didn't trust that Shiley was doing something nice for him. (laughs) So later on, Shiley and Eugene, once Eugene's recovered, meet with a business um, contact of Eugene, the uh, director of another company. And this is someone that Eugene is working with in response to the dare that Shile gave him in episode three, which was, you know, which one of them would get a business contact first would help promote their own company. So Eugene had won that bet by, by getting this business contact. They meet with him and he seems to really get along with Shile and 
Shile asks to meet with him later on his own without... He asks Eugene if it's okay if he contacts the director on his own and not just through Eugene, which Eugene finds it kind of suspicious, but then, you know, agrees to it. I don't know if Shile is really realizing this, but Eugene is actually putting, has been from the beginning, putting trust in him as an employee, even though he really doesn't know, he doesn't really know anyone there that well, but he's trusting that Shile is knowing what he's doing is competent and is going to be doing the right thing. Shile meets with the with this director. Really, this is just a ruse because he's trying to find out more about Eugene. But in meeting with this director, he finds out some personal things about him, about his his life and some regrets that he had. And he decides to get involved in that, which I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. I know it's kind of like a feel-good story they're trying to do for the episodes, um, showing Shile, I guess, like what a good guy he is. On the other hand, I swear it could totally backfire for you to be getting into the personal business of a business associate like that. I mean, this is a drama, so it didn't backfire on him because they were just trying to show that he was doing something nice. But as I said, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Um, this episode, you know, not a, not a ton going on, but it was just a way for us to see Shile and Eugene getting closer, getting along and working together. Although, remember, Shile has lost that bet. We still don't know what it is that Eugene is going to want from him in exchange for losing the bet. They didn't say what it was yet. I guess we'll find out in the next episode. Sichui and Gang just show up very briefly in this episode. Well, Gang shows up a little more because he's giving Shile a little, not advice, but he's telling him a little bit about what Eugene went through in college and explaining this to him. So Sichui's there a little too. They show them in the house. They... They also are getting like a little closer. See, she's very shy with gang. So that's that's cute to see. I'm not sure where they're going to go with the second uh, lead couple, male couple, because it's very focused on Shile and Eugene. And that's fine with me. I like this pairing. They've got a good chemistry together. So they showed a little bit of um, a preview for the next episode. It looks funny. There's an older woman there. She looks like she's questioning things. She's probably someone's mom. I'm just not sure if it's Eugene's mom or Shile's mom. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe she's asking why they're living together. I don't know. Even the director that they had met earlier seems a little bit surprised that Shile and Eugene were living together. I'm still really enjoying the show. Um, they've humanized Eugene a little more, which is good because like I said, when he kicked out Sichui out of the house in that first episode, they, that was a real jerk move. But since then, he's been humanized a little more. And, you know, we get to see he's not a bad guy. Just like Gang said, he's, he's not a bad guy. So I'm really rooting for them and for our second pairing. And that's it. Short and sweet. Um, not, not much went on this episode, so nothing really deep went on here. Just them getting to know each other a little more. I hope to continue with Imperial Coroner uh, in the next podcast, as well as Guardian and, of course, Beloved in-house and we'll see what else. I am possibly gonna watch Love is Science at some point. That's not a BL drama necessarily. It's a Taiwanese drama. There is a het male lead, but also a secondary couple, which is the BL couple. And I've seen some clips and both couples seem really cute, but I wanna finish off these dramas first. Imperial Coroner has actually finished. That was a 36 episode show. It has actually finished. So I'm pretty behind. I have not seen past the episodes that I mentioned here in this podcast. So I've got a lot to catch up on. But 
we'll see from there where we go. So thanks for joining me for episode 13 of Notes from a Drama Watcher. If you want to reach out to me online, you can find me on Twitter at dramawatcher6 and via email at dramawatchernotes at gmail.com. Thanks again and stay safe, everyone.